it's crazy, but I'm having a little bit of culture shock today. I was uh, teaching the fifth and sixth grade class this morning and found out that it's blast from the past day in children's church. A lot of you parents know that. Uh, I hate some of y'all, though. I'm looking at some of the girls and two, two, I won't tell you who they are, but I don't like them anymore. They came up to me and they said, Pastor, can you guess who we are? And I'm thinking blast from the past is 50s, man. Amen. They look at me and go, Pastor Mike, can you guess who we are? Before I had a chance to answer, they went, we're from the 80s. <laughs> Olivia Olson came up to me and said, can you tell me who I am? And I said, and before I could answer, she said, I'm my mom in high school. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, life is great. It's crazy, isn't it? Well, today I want to talk to us about a tough subject. And most of you are just going to kind of bristle at it. But it's one we need to hear. It's not only one we need to hear, but regardless of your age, whether you're a teenager or you go all the way back to the 50s blast from the past, we need to respond to it's crazy, but we don't respond to a message like this. You know, we live in a crazy country, and it seems that everybody is addicted to something in our country. I mean, you, you name it, we're addicted. There are all types of addictions, and many of them, uh, you know, one in four Americans are uh, addicted to nicotine. They're dependent on smoking. One in six Americans are shopping addicts. Any of you in the house today we will pray for you. They always have to be buying or taking advantage of every sales event, you know. By the way, you know you're addicted when you buy stuff that you don't need just in case you might need it one day. Jeff is open for counseling after the service today. One in every seven Americans are addicted to internet surfing and role game playing. Whew, that amazes me. One in, every, one in eight Americans has a significant addiction to alcohol or drugs. One in nine Americans are addicted to porn. One in ten Americans are addicted to gambling. Then for those are kind of, there's lesser addictions. You can kind of amen on these. We don't feel so bad about when we're addicted to things like sugar, chocolate, just food in general. You know what I'm saying? Just bring it on. Sports, success, Facebook, texting. I heard about a teenager, this is true, I heard about a teenager in our church that sent almost 3,000 texts in one month. That just blew me away. I may send 10 in one month. And it just, and so I went to them and I asked them and it was, the answer I got was, yeah. And, uh. It's just amazing to me. Are all addictions bad? Well, in a sense, no. I want to introduce you to a family. Did you know that the Apostle Paul praised one family in the church for being addicts? Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Now, today I'm going to kind of quote the King James, and we'll kind of flip between the King James and the NIV. In this instance, the King James, I think, gives a more directive and a more accurate description of this verse, and I just kind of want to share it with you. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanos, 
that it was the first fruits of Achaia. In other words, he was one of the first convents when the mission and Paul and his missionary buddies went through the region of Achaia. And Stephanos and his family and two other guys that, that are listed at the end of verses 16 and 17, they kind of were all there at the same time, responded to the gospel of grace. And notice what it says. And they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. That is strong terminology. Then Paul says that you submit yourselves unto such and everyone that helpeth us and laboreth. Isn't it crazy? This guy named Stephanus was addicted to the saints. The word translated addicted is tasso, T-A-S-S-O. Let me give you the, the literal definition of tasso, T-A-S-S-O. It means holy, it means to wholly give oneself to something. To devote oneself completely to something. To be so consumed in something that all else loses perspective. To appoint oneself to a position or task. Isn't that incredible? That here's this guy, Stephanus. He is a new convert. He's not a seasoned veteran. He hasn't been, say, 5, 10, 15 years. He hasn't been to a church growth conference. He hasn't been to a conference on serving or, or how to cure addictions or anything like that. He just simply fell in love with Jesus Christ. And an overflow is his love with Jesus Christ. He began to serve others in the kingdom of God. It is just that simple. And he became addicted to it. Now, it's not an unhealthy addiction. It's a solid addiction. Modern translations have this verse saying that the household of Stephen devoted themselves to ministering to the saints. And when you read this and other New Testament passages regarding Stephanus and his family, you're going to find out that they did devote themselves to other Christians by showing hospitality, by meeting the basic needs of people that they had, food and, and shelter and those kind of things, and by assisting and supporting preachers such as Paul. Their life was consumed with looking for opportunities to serve others in the kingdom of God. They were addicted to that. It's what fueled them. It's what propelled them. It's kind of their pathway to God. Man, it was just what fired them up spiritually. They were addicted to serving in the kingdom of God. They were, in a good sense, addicted to the ministry of the saints. Notice the words used here, addiction. This family had addicted themselves to serving, to ministry. Matter of fact, for Stephanus, he worked a 40-hour-a-week job. For Stephanus, he had children. For Stephanus, he had a wife. For Stephanus, he had all the things to juggle that you and I had to juggle. Yet he didn't give God what was left over. Man, he gave God the first fruits. He gave God his best time. He was, he was like addicted to this thing. His addiction was not unhealthy. It was balanced. But yet his addiction made a tremendous difference in the church. Let's define the word addiction. According to Tabor's medical dictionary, addiction means to have, and I quote, a physical dependence on a subject, on a substance, with use of increasing amounts. Mosley's medical dictionary defines it as compulsive uncontrollable dependence on a substance or habit or practice to such a degree that ceasing causes severe emotional and mental reactions. It's pretty strong stuff, isn't it? Imagine for a moment 
if all who were in Bible-believing churches and all of us who claim to be Bible-believing Christians would have become addicted to the ministry, think what would happen. You see, the problem is it's absolutely crazy not to be addicted to the things that Jesus is addicted to. And I guarantee you, Jesus is addicted to the church. He calls the church his bride. He talks about how he gave his life. And the very laying down of his life was the, was the genesis of the new life of the church. Jesus set the watermark on serving. Turn to Matthew chapter 20 and verses 26, 27, and 28. I want you to see these verses. Matthew chapter 20, verses 26, 27, and 28. Jesus' ministry is winding down. The cross is, is before him. The mother of James and John come to ask Jesus a favor. Because the disciples sense that something is up. Something's about to happen. So mama, the mama's boy, comes and asks Jesus a favor. It's crazy. Jesus sits there and listens to this mom. And she's asking on behalf of her children, basically this. When you set up the kingdom, let my son sit at your right hand. And you say, so what's the big deal, dude? He just wants to sit by Jesus on the right side. No, you don't understand. In the culture of that day, when the honored guest or the king sat on the throne, the person on the right was his right-hand man. The person on the right was, was endued with extra authority. The person on the right had special privileges. The person on the right ha had special status. The person on the right was somebody in the kingdom. And so here comes the mom asking for her mama's boys a favor from Jesus and basically saying, Lord, I kind of got a feeling the kingdom thing is coming. Will you let my sons have the place of honor and privilege, the place that where others serve them and wait on them and care for them? Lord Jesus, can they sit at your right hand? Well, that's where a lot of us want to sit, too. We want to sit at the right hand of the church. We want folks to do ministry that we should be doing. We want folks to serve in services that we should be serving. Some of you are just on spiritual welfare. You don't work, you don't serve, you just kind of come and expect to sit at the right hand and let others serve you. You know, as we continue to grow, there's so many gaps as we grow. As we transfer from, a, as the church has grown from small church to medium-sized church to large church, I mean, there's just gaps that have to be filled. But we got too many folks saying, Lord, I want that right seat. I want to sit at the right hand. I want that place of status and privilege. I want others to serve and, and me, and I just want it to just come and sing and just feel warm, fuzzy, and leave with no strings attached. That's exactly what James and John wanted. That's exactly what mama was asking. Then Jesus drops the boom. I would imagine he probably maybe scratched his head a little bit. So Jesus clarified the position of discipleship. Jesus clarified the status of being in the kingdom of God. Would you read with me Matthew chapter 20 verses 26, 27, 28? He says, not so with you. 
Instead, whoever wants to become great among you, whoever wants to sit at the right hand, whoever wants to sit right by my right side, whoever wants that place of status, recognition, and honor must be a servant. I can imagine James and John going, Mama, Mama, don't ask you for that now, uh uh-uh. Hey, wait a minute now. Whoa. We've been fishermen long enough. We want to be something in the kingdom. I don't know about you. I get so sick and tired of all of us, I'm talking about America, being enamored with people's celebrity status. Doesn't that just tick you off? I'll give you a name, Paris Hilton. Tell me one positive thing she has done. You'd be hard-pressed. Why is she popular? She's pretty and she's filthy. That's exactly why she's popular. You can go all the way down the line. I'm I'm tired about people trying to reframe Alice Rodriguez's image. In baseball, the guy cheated. Bottom line. I'm tired of us being enamored with status and success. And, and, and success. That's what James and John wanted. They wanted status. Jesus said, hey, in the kingdom I'm about to establish, you want status, you want to make a difference, you want my ear, you want to be at my right side, then you be a servant. You say, servant, servant, ah, preacher, what does that word servant mean? Doulos is where it comes from. In the Greek, it means slave. I wish I could gussy it up and give you this real pretty expression for it and and this really flowery picture. Man, I'm telling you, it is just a good old-fashioned common slave. By the way, if you're listening to this on CD years from now, there is no such thing as good old-fashioned common slave. It's just a figure of speech. Here's the deal. Look at the next verse. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. He's talking about the attitude of our heart. Just as the Son of Man did not come to serve, but to be served and to give his life a ransom for many. He would say in other places that the the student is not above the teacher and the servant is not above his master. And my example to you, disciples, Jesus said my example to the church, is I didn't come to be served. I didn't come to sit down and let everybody wait on me. He said, I came to serve. That's why he took off the outer garment, bent down and picked up the bowl and washed stinky feet in the upper room. That's why he touched hands who had the palsy. That's why he touched eyes that couldn't see. That's why he reached out and put children on his lap. Jesus was all about serving in the kingdom. And he left that example that if you want to be a part of the kingdom, then Jesus expects you to follow his example, and that is to serve in the kingdom. Stephanus said, man, or Paul said of Stephanus, this guy is addicted. He caught this truth. He was a new believer that hadn't been to any seminars and, and he hadn't have been to, you know, how to have your best now kind of thing. He, he simply caught fire 
and was part of a group that refreshed Paul, encouraged him, and challenged him. You get the feeling that he wasn't about the fussing and the griping that was going on in the Corinthian church. He didn't have time for that. That Stephanus was not about all of that. He was addicted to ministering in the saints. Over the years, I've studied various types of addiction as I've tried to counsel folks. And there are some similarities. And one crazy thing that sticks out over to me is that addicted people aren't picky. They're not picky. The heroin addict doesn't care if he has a clean needle or a dirty one. The sex addict doesn't care what is in his way. People who are addicted, and they're they're just not picky. Because when you're addicted, you're hooked, you're obsessed, you crave it, you desire it, and whatever the it is, it consumes you. You desire it, you got to have it to the point that you'll do almost anything to get it. Some people are so addicted to drugs and the smuggling of drugs is that they'll put heroin or some other uh, uh, drug in a, in a balloon kind of thing. They will ingest it, go through customs or, or whatever they're trying to dodge security, and then they will expel it. But if it ruptures inside of them, they will die. The lengths that some people will go to just to fulfill their addiction is absolutely amazing. And I wish we had that kind of risk mentality in the kingdom of God. Sending our best over to plan churches in a Muslim world or a world that hasn't, or a community or an area that hasn't heard the name of Jesus Christ in decades. Serving with reckless abandonment, serving with wholehearted addiction, serving with passionate desire. And the problem is none of us got time for that, do we? As probably some of you have sat there and you've already thought, okay, you know, where are we going to dinner and, and what do we got to do? Oh, yeah, I got to stop at the store after dinner and let's see, yeah, after that I got to go here and oh, yeah, I got to drop this off in the, in the post office on the way back from there. And oh, tonight, hey, maybe we can have so and so over, you know, tonight and be kind of good. And oh, life group, oh, yeah, life groups tonight. And so maybe, and we just, we put everything else and instead of letting serving be the first thing we do, it's, it's, we just kind of sit there and go, okay, life, serve me. And God, as you're blessing everything, dump a little blessing on me. Jesus said, you've missed the whole concept of the kingdom. I didn't come so you could be served. I came to set an example that you're to be about serving. I didn't come so that you could be at the right hand and have a position of status. I came so that you wouldn't mind getting your hands messy in a messed up world. And the messed up world is because people are messed up by sin. And when you serve in a messed up world, man, life is just going to get a little messy for you. It's going to get a little complicated for you. If you're going to follow Christ's example, according to Matthew chapter 20, it's crazy for every minister to be a minister and and not to minister. Coke has got a new deal out now. I don't know if you know this or not. How many of you like Coca-Cola? Any, any Coca-holics in here? You know? Coke has got this new thing out. They got this new theme out, and, and it's crazy. They sell 713 million bottles, cans, plastic bottles, things of Coke 
every day. 713 million. If I was going to buy stock, I'd buy stock in that. But for them, that's not enough. So Coke has a new motto. I don't know if you know this or not. Coke has a new motto. Here it is. A Coke in every hand, every day. That's their motto. A bottle, a can, or a plastic bottle, a Coca-Cola in every hand, every day. Isn't that incredible? You say, man, if you sell 7 million and 713 million bottles of Coke's containers of Coke every day... What's the deal? Well, the deal's Pepsi. In third world countries, Pepsi, which is a false god in their opinion, is spreading three times faster than the real thing, Coca-Cola. So they've got this huge marketing thing going on in other places all over the world, and they're going on because their desire is to get a Coke in every hand every day. And so to do this, man, they're pretty smart. You know, they, they got uh, bottled Coke because there's nothing that tastes better than straight out of the glass. Amen? How many of you would take peanuts and put the peanuts in? You know what I'm talking about? Now, if you guys have never tried this, find somebody, try it. You won't like it, but you can tell somebody that you did it, all right? (laughs) So they're a kid. But you know what? Coke didn't just stick with with the glass. They went to cans. Because glass breaks. And and it's kind of what happens if you don't have a, a bottle opener. So what they did is they went to a can and made the pop top. But then Coke had a little problem. Because they didn't have anything to put back on the pop top. And the pop would slouch around. And then if you're at a church function, and I know they had this in mind for us, if you set your pop down and then you walk away and you come back, you kind of go, is that my pop? So Coke, wanting to put a bottle in every hand of every person every day, made a plastic bottle. And so now you could unscrew it, take it with you, throw it around, I mean, throw it to the back of the car. You know, I mean, it's just kind of, ah, it drops. It's no big deal. You just give it to somebody you don't like and say, hey, open this for me. <laughs> there is Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola Classic, Diet Coke, Diet Caffeine-Free Coke. There is Cherry Coke. There is Diet Cherry Coke. Coke Zero. I mean, you could go on with the list of Coke products. Because these folks are passionate about putting a Coke in the hand of everybody, every day. Somehow I think the church needs to catch that vision. I mean, if Coca-Cola can have a desire to put a Coke in the hand of every person every day, shouldn't you and I have the desire to put the love of Jesus in the heart of somebody every day? We can't do that with bottles, cans, and, and plastic bottles, but we can do that through acts of service. We can do that through showing the love of Jesus Christ, putting the love of Jesus in every heart every day. Why shouldn't that be the model of of Christ? And you see, when you serve in the kingdom, man, there's some of you, you're Coca-Cola classic baby all the way. You like traditional ministry. You don't like to think outside the box because life and pop is good when it comes out of the glass. And so you like the traditional stuff and that's fine. But then there's some of you 
that, uh, that you're a little more active, you're a little more crazy, and, and man, you like to pop the top and go on the fly, you, you, you like to kind of grab and go, and, and you like the, the sound of tin, and you love the sound of pssss when you open the can. And for serving in the church, there's some of you like that. Man, you like ministries that are happening and exciting and are on the go. You like ministries that, that have some degree of, of, of demand on you. And, 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 and you like being part of that excitement and the thrill of that. But then there's some of you, man, you're just crazy. Man, you just bounce around. You don't care how it happens or how it falls. Man, you don't care if you spray all over everybody. And I really want to open this and spray the front row. You just don't know how bad... And man, for you, it's like, I got to do, I got to serve the community. I got to reach out. We got to make a difference. Hey, I, I'm not worried about people in the church. They've had it ever since they were born. But, but man, my desire is to get out there where the people are, man. And I'll, I'll uncork it when it's time to uncork it. I'll, I'll screw it back on when it's time to screw it. I can throw it in the back of the car. And when I need it, I reach back there and give the love of Jesus in somebody's name. And man, for you, it's exciting because you want to be out there in the community. You want to spread the love of Jesus any way you can. Listen, Jesus doesn't care whether you're traditional, on the go, or just way out there. The point of the matter is that none of us have the privilege to say, Jesus, I want to sit at your right hand. I demand to be served. No, if you are in the kingdom of God, you have no right to serve or no right to be served. Your and my responsibility is that we in the kingdom of God, as the people of God, following the example of the Son of God, are to be about serving others so that one day they will respond to the message and become a part of the kingdom of God. So you have a choice. You have a choice. Are you going to send your mama and say, Jesus, I want to sit at your right hand so I can be served? Or you can say, you know, dude, I'm classic, man. Give me ministry in the church. Some of you are going to say, oh, no, 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 no. You know what? I like the church. I like a little bit outside the church. I like a little bit of church structure. And I like how a little overlaps in the, in the thing. And some of you are going to go, dude. Let's get outside the box. And the wonderful news is whether you are glass, can, or plastic, there is a place of service in the kingdom of God for you. Would you bow your head and would you close your eyes? Some of you might just need to say, God, it's crazy. I am not addicted to what you're addicted to. And you might need to ask for forgiveness of sin. You might need to say this morning, you've desired to sit at the right hand and you wanted to be served instead of being involved in serving through the kingdom. You say, Pastor, what's the payoff? Because ministry is work, I understand that. But when you're addicted to it, man, you can't be stopped. See, some of us need to pray, Lord, give me a fresh fix. Lord, give me a fresh fix. Help me do what I do better. Because one day it'll make an eternal difference. I like what Mother Teresa had on her business card. And she gave it away as she would give her business card. Here's what was on her business card. The fruit of silence is prayer. The fruit of prayer is faith. The fruit of faith is love. The fruit of love is service. And the fruit of service 
is peace. Father, I don't know very many of us who can ignore a message like this today. A lot of us in the room, if we had the choice, we'd want to sit at the right hand. We want the status. We want the servants. We want to be served. But you say that's not really the place for us in the kingdom. The place for us in the kingdom is with a towel wrapped around our, our waist and grabbing feet and washing them. It's finding folks who are hurting and maybe taking food to them. It's maybe calling somebody up and whose marriage is a little troubled and just let them know you care and maybe walking through that messy part of life with them. Serving in Jesus' name. And a lot of our teenagers are going to go to Nicaragua this summer. And I hope they understand that serving is not an event. It is a lifestyle that you say we're to be addicted to. Father, for those who need forgiveness of sin, I pray that right now they just simply ask you to forgive them. And Father, for those who I'm not trying to guilt folks who are serving into serving more. I'm not trying to guilt anybody. I'm just simply preaching a straight-up message from the gospel of Jesus Christ that he left as an example where to serve in a man named Stephanus in a very corrupt church. He was addicted, not to the fuss and the fighting and the arguing. No, he was addicted to serving the saints in the kingdom of God. And he did it with joy. Father, would you speak to our hearts? Now, if you'll look this way, the invitation today isn't for you to come to the altar. The invitation is for you to pick one of the four things you're about to see and say, I'm going to try that. Let me show them to you real quick. This Tuesday night, or let me start off tot spot. As our churches continue to grow, the need to staff stop tot spot in both our services, Sunday school and Wednesday night, has just continued. And I know that there's some of you who say, well, you know what? I had my kids. I spent my time in tot spot. Well, I would just simply say to you, get off the seat that's at the right hand of the Father because you're not here to be served. You're here to serve may be a good place for you to jump back in. See Ann Hutchison today or drift down by Tot Spot. Find more information. Hey, this coming Tuesday night, 6.30, we've had two meetings, this Hope Ministry. And, and, and man, Hope Ministry is the plastic bottle type folks. I mean, it is like out of the box kind of thinking. And, and we're just going to be able, we're just going to try to secure folks, names of folks who have either lost their job financially or just strained. And we're just going to try to go give them a bag of groceries and a script card and, and, and just some hope and encouraging things for them to read and a way for us to follow up on them and encourage them and pray for them. 
that meets Tuesday night at 6.30. I mean, we're ready Tuesday night to break down into teams. And so if you would like to be a part of that, Tuesday night is the night, I'm telling you. Then we're going to have a yard work day, April the 4th. If you'll give two and a half hours of yard work day, you'll net the church $15,000 because we'll get a security deposit back that we put down way back when. We just got to do a little yard work, tidy it up, get her done. There's a few other things. Don't flip the, the thing just yet. We got an Easter egg thing coming up. Saturday before Easter, Kirby Egg Hunt. We need grass, plastic eggs, put them behind the kiosk right there. Buy two bags of candy, put one bag in my office. I am addicted to chocolate. If you like to sing, if you like to sing, Don's putting together an Easter choir. You can pick up music and a CD and sign up on the right as you leave at the kiosk today. And they're practicing today at it's right for the service 20 minutes 20 minutes right after service where um, in the room next to you're in the wolverine room or in the wildcat room today for baptism you're in one of those rooms today just tell me where you want to go i'm in the other one whichever one you're not in you guys will be in the wolverine classroom and we're in the wolverine room if you've not been baptized right after the service in the Wolverine classroom five minutes after the service if you've never been baptized it's the middle room on this side I'll walk you through in 20 minutes what baptism means and then the Sunday after Easter we're going to have a great baptism service I want you to be a part of that alright and then one of the man if, if you're a if you're a plastic bottle type alright you flip it now I want you to join me for 10 weeks in the summer on Wednesday nights, we're going to try a new little deal on Wednesday nights. We're going to try to give our Pioneer Club staff a complete summer off, our children's staff the complete summer off, our Sunday school class the complete summer off on Wednesday nights. And I'm going to, because I've had this inner desire to be a children's pastor, and we're growing to the point where I've got to kind of let that thing go. So this is kind of like my, my 10-week little last little joy in the thing. And we're going to do Dr. Tomorrow's Robot Repair Shop. And we're going to blend the technology that we have with tremendous people. And, uh, and we're just going to have a great time sharing the gospel with our children. Our children are going to put together a circuit board, you know, that tells them how to know Christ is their Savior. It's, it's just going to be great stuff. We're going to play off the robot theme. If you are, tech, if, if you are, if you are technological... If you're savvy with a computer, man, I need to see you. If you just love kids and you're, you're just trying to find a, a jumping in place, a short-term place, it's only for 10 Wednesday nights in the summer. And we got VBS in there and then there's one Wednesday night we won't have church. So out of the 13, we'll be here 10. And, and, and so, man, I want you to see me. You can fill out the friendship communication card. We're going to take the offering in just a second. Matter of fact, ushers, just come forward. And... Um, and, and just fill out and, and just put robot Wednesday night Pastor Mike just something like that they'll get that to me but we have to staff tot spot and, uh, and then our, our children all the way up and it is just going to be a blast 
And so, man, if you want to take that fun ride with me as we teach our children how God wants to use their body to make a difference in the kingdom of God, it is going to be awesome. See, the thing is, there are many places to serve around here. Granted, at times, we don't make it the easiest to find out where to serve. We're trying to work on that. But that doesn't relieve you of your responsibility to serve in the kingdom of God. And my prayer is that you respond to the invitation and say, okay, pastors ripped off seven things today. I will respond to one of the seven. I will make a difference. I will be a servant in the body of Christ. Would you stand with me and let's pray together and then we'll sing. Father, I pray that you bless our time together. Lord, for those who will join me for baptism in that middle room.